Fort Worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Hope your Friday is going well. It's Friday, January 28th, 2022, and so much to talk about today. Looking forward to our discussion. And we have Doug Keck, as we always do on Fridays. Of course, last Friday, um, I was uh, live at the March for Life, so Doug wasn't with us, but we did carry, uh, obviously, the March live, so... EW10 was with you, obviously. But Doug's going to be uh, catching up with us and giving us the inside word on upcoming programming on the network, as he does each week. And then we'll have Fact Check Friday. There is a, a really cool story that is um, on our different news sites, as well as a Vatican news site, regarding a meeting the Pope had today with Catholic journalists and a special consortium that was put together. And I think it's really, really important to discuss. We'll have a report on it in the news, but I want to do it on Fact Check Friday because it really hits some very important points. And actually, it ties in with some great quotes from our saint today, St. Thomas Aquinas, of course, uh, the great thinker and theologian, Dominican doctor of the church. And I hope that you'll take what I have to say to heart and just pray about it because there's so much misinformation and so much division out there in the world, but even in the church, especially when it comes to this issue of vaccines and COVID-19, it's it's just really caused a lot of, of issues and, and us to attack one another as opposed to try to come together and talk to each other and understand how the other person may see something, even if it sees, even if they see it differently than you do. So I'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour with our Fact Check Friday and um Unfortunately, we were able to get a hold of our source yesterday for the story on the New York Times report regarding prenatal testing. So Janet Morana is stepping in from the Catholic view for women defending life and, of course, silent no more in priests or life. As I mentioned yesterday, the report by the New York Times is very eye-opening and obviously you have a lot of issues with the New York Times. I, I think they're very biased 99.5% of the time. But in this particular case, they did a good job of exposing deep, deep problems with prenatal testing. And it's very, very frightening in terms of the money that couples are spending to find out uh, what's going on with their unborn child and then to see the problems with these prenatal tests and that the FDA isn't cracking down on these companies that are making these tests available and how that leads not only to all kinds of obvious problems for the families and the unborn child because there's a connection here to increased abortion. So much to discuss, Janet Marana my host on the Catholic View for Women, joining me as we wrap up a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection. I do want to just let you know that I have my brand new Tease Italy January newsletter out, and it's so, uh, my team did such a beautiful job on it. I think you'll really like it. There's a lot of information on there about St. Thomas Aquinas, about St. Agnes. We also have some recipes for polenta. I've got a video from an off-the-beaten-path restaurant on the Appian Way that I love, that Deacon Dominic and I love to visit when we're in Rome. We're focusing this month on the beautiful Piazza, Piazza Navona, which is where uh, the relics of St. Agnes, in part, are in the beautiful church dedicated to Santa Agnese. So you can learn about that. The newsletter is free, and you can go to my Facebook page for it, TeresaTamio.com, or actually uh, Facebook at Mrs. Teresa Tamio. You can also find it, of course, at Tease Italy, which is TravelItalyExpert.com. I think you'll enjoy it. Sign up for it. Again, it's free, tons of information. Uh, fun videos and all things Italy, but I always manage because we have a lot of people who, from the secular world who subscribe to it. I always, always, always 
put something in there about our church because of all the Catholic influence in Italy. So I want to make sure I get that in there as well. All right, so big story, folks, uh, and that, of course, is regarding the weather. There is going to be a massive storm that's going to be coming to the East Coast, and it's supposed to start tonight. We'll have some more information about it in the news, but if you live on the East Coast, be careful. Check on the elderly and those you know that may live alone. So they're calling it a powerful nor'easter. It's expected to develop off the mid-Atlantic today before impacting eastern parts of the Northeast and New England this weekend. And the weather service is saying that a number of hazardous conditions will develop, including heavy snow, significant accumulations across the eastern Long Island, New England area, major winds, and in some cases there could be hurricane force winds, not to mention, obviously, this will stir up blizzard-like conditions. So keep that in mind. Be careful. Make sure you're prepared. And, of course, uh, stay tuned to EWTN and EWTN News Nightly and all of our news outlets for updates. Right now, we do need to uh, get to the news because, as you can imagine, very busy news time in our world. And we always like to keep you updated and keep you connected, hence the name of the program. Catholic Connection. All right, let's see what's happening in and around the world. On a Friday, you are listening to the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network. Pope Francis saying it's critical to tell young people of painful events of the past. The Holy Father says the Pope or Holy Father actually met with a Hungarian writer who survived Nazi concentration camps, sharing her stories of the Holocaust. He told her they're very important to pass on, so similar tragedies are not repeated. The Pope meeting with 90-year-old Edith Brock at his residence yesterday on International Holocaust Remembrance Day, the day dedicated to the memory of the millions of people murdered by Germany's Nazi regime before and during World War II. Meanwhile, the Pope meeting with members of the International Catholic Media Consortium, as Devin Watkins tells us with Vatican News, he's urging journalists to remain faithful to the truth by always checking facts and respecting individuals. Meeting with members of the International Catholic Media Consortium on Friday, the Pope reflected on the theme of communications and truth. The Pope noted that people are increasingly influenced by mass media and reflected on the Catholic Consortium's stated goal of being together for truth. Taking the first word of the slogan, together, he said Christian communicators who network and share knowledge are already offering an initial form of witness. He lamented the infodemic plaguing the world alongside the pandemic, calling it a distortion of reality based on fear. To be properly informed, to be helped to understand situations based on scientific data and not fake news, he said, is a human right. Turning to the second word, for, the Pope recalled that Christians are always against injustice and lies, but always for persons. He urged members of the Catholic Consortium to never overlook the fundamental distinction between information and people, even as they combat disinformation. Fake news has to be refuted, he said, but individual persons must always be respected, for they believe it often without full awareness or responsibility. This approach calls for Christian reporters to be evangelical in style and builders of bridges. Pope Francis also warned against a conflictual demeanor and fideism to science, which is always in the process of advancing towards the solution of problems. Reality, he said, is always more complex than we think, and we must respect the doubts, concerns, and questions that people raise. He therefore urged Christian journalists to try to accompany people by providing answers in a serene and reasonable way. 
Taking up the slogan's final word, truth, he encouraged the group's goal of fact-checking while warning against giving in to vested interests or commercial gains. To work in service to truth, concluded Pope Francis, means to seek the things that foster communion and promote the good of all, not those that isolate, divide, and oppose. I'm Devin Watkins. Loyola University Chicago hosting a live stream conversation with Pope Francis next month. The Holy Father speaking directly with students from North, South, and Central America on Thursday, February 24th. That conversation will be translated live in Spanish, English, and Portuguese. The school says the Pope will talk about issues that face the church and the world. A Shroud of Turin exhibit will be open at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. next month. Mystery and Faith, the Shroud of Turin will be open on February 26th and run all the way through July 31st. Now, the Shroud of Turin itself would not be on exhibit, but information about it will. The Shroud is believed to be to the actual, to many, the actual burial cloth of Jesus Christ. The 14 by 3 foot long shroud stained with the image of a man who had been tortured and crucified. The actual shroud stored in Torino, Italy. Trey Thomas tells us about that massive nor'easter that is set to blast New England and is threatening to dump as much as, listen to this, two feet of snow in some areas. The storm is expected to develop off the coast late tonight into Saturday with the possibility of power outages. Across the region, 14 to 20 inches of snow is likely, with some isolated areas seeing as much as 28 inches. Winds could gust as high as 70 miles per hour. New York City and Long Island, meanwhile, could be walloped by that huge snowstorm. Forecasters say the five boroughs could get anywhere from six inches to a foot of snow before the nor'easter moves out tomorrow night. Long Island will likely be hit even harder with up to 18 inches of snow. Oyster Bay Town Supervisor Joe Saladino says no one should take this storm lightly. This will be a very frigid, cold event with a lot of ice. Many opportunities for your car to slide out, to get into an accident. And if you're stranded in the middle of the night in these cold temperatures, it can get deadly quickly. The steady snow will come after midnight tonight. Bitter cold weather and high wind gusts are expected to come in with the storm. New York City sanitation crews say they are ready to tackle whatever comes their way. The family of Oxford High School shooting victim Tate Mayer in Michigan is suing that school. School officials in the family of the alleged shooter. His father Buck says they are sad, heartbroken, and they'll never be the same, quite frankly. We're not doing good. All we do is walk around the house and think about Tate. We think about him every day. We sit in his room. We listen to his playlist off Spotify. We miss him. They're calling for anyone who had contact with the alleged shooter, Ethan Crumbly, to be held accountable. Two counselors, two teachers, and the dean of the high school are being sued. A rookie New York Police Department police officer shot and killed during a domestic violence call in Harlem last week, being remembered today during a funeral mass at St. Pat's Cathedral. Mourners attending a wake for 22-year-old Jason Rivera yesterday. I told my wife I was coming here just because these guys put their life out on the line every single day. You know, you got to pay respect to someone that sacrifices their life to protect the members of the city. And Rivera had only been with the New York Police Department for just 14 months. His partner, Wilbert Mora, also killed in the line of duty, and he will be buried next week. 
The search is over off the coast of Florida for 34 people who were lost at sea. The Coast Guard says they were on a human smuggling trip when their boat capsized last weekend. One man was rescued, but no one else has been found alive. Crews recovering five bodies so far. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, accusing Joe Biden of not caring about drugs and human trafficking. If he cared, he would step up and do something about it. But he does not care about the carnage that he's causing to lives and communities across the entire country. The governor telling reporters the White House is lending fentanyl and people coming to the U.S. through Mexico. Abbott suggesting Biden is fine with the smuggling because all he really cares about is his woke agenda. The governor says Texas, though, will be enforcing U.S. laws on the border by capturing drug cartels and smugglers and building a wall on the border as well. Elon Musk is calling Joe Biden a sock puppet, making those comments on Twitter. The Tesla CEO became furious after Joe Biden held a meeting this week with carmakers Ford and GM about electric vehicle production in the U.S., but did not invite Tesla. Musk tweeting after Biden released a video with GM CEO Mary Barra saying companies such as GM and Ford are building more electronic vehicles, electric vehicles here at home than ever before. Musk responding by calling Biden a sock puppet and claimed he was treating the American public as fools. Brian Shook tells us auto industry experts are predicting a big financial hit if the interest rate is increased. NBC News reports if the Federal Reserve does raise the rate, the industry could see a $22 billion loss in sales. The vice president of data and analytics at J.D. Power says the industry has not dealt with a rate and a product shortage at the same time. The supply chain issue has also caused concern in the industry with certain materials like rubber and plastics in low supply when building cars. Major food maker Kraft Heinz going to up their prices, as Mark Mayfield explains. The company sent out a letter saying they are raising prices on many of their popular items. Among the items you will be shelling out more for are Oscar Mayer cold cuts, hot dogs and other meats, Velveeta cheese, Maxwell House coffee, and Kool-Aid and Capri Sun drinks. In the letter, the company blamed inflation for the need to hike its prices. They are not alone, though, as Procter & Gamble and ConAgra have also announced price increases in the near future. Gas prices are up for the third time this week. Speaking of price increases, AAA reporting national average price for regular up $3.35 a gallon. That's a penny higher, up to $3.35 a gallon. That's a penny higher than on Thursday and three cents higher than just a week ago. Mississippi is the only place where the statewide average is below $3 a gallon and not by much. Gas is $2.99 a gallon in the Magnolia State. And finally, in our news segment at 14 minutes past the hour on your Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection, January 28th, the feast of the great St. Thomas Aquinas. Today, marking, as Michael Kastner tells us, 36 years since the explosion of the Space Shuttle Challenger. Flight controllers here looking very carefully at the situation. Obviously a major malfunction. All seven crew members died in the blast just 73 seconds after Challenger launched from Cape Canaveral. That included Krista McAuliffe, who was to have been the first teacher in space. Then President Ronald Reagan addressed the nation following the tragedy. We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them this morning as they prepared for their journey and waved goodbye and slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. Hmm. Fifteen minutes past the hour. Hope your Friday is going well. Doug Keck is up next. He's our chief operating officer and president of EWTN and takes time out of his busy schedule to give us an idea of what we can expect in terms of fantastic programming on the network. He's up next. Stay tuned. Location, location, location. 
These are the three most important factors in real estate. The same might be said for colleges. Trudging through snow to get to an 8 a.m. statistics class is a much different experience than breezing by a palm tree to the raucous applause of a laughing gull. With the average temperature of 84 degrees and wetland nature as your backdrop, it's no wonder students tend to stay once they visit our campus. Ave Maria University, your future location, location, location. Visit AveMaria.edu. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at VisitingAngels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Seventeen minutes past the hour. It's Friday. We check in every Friday with Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer, to talk about all the great programming. A week ago, Doug, I was uh, standing in the mall for the March for Life and uh, reporting with Prudence and Tracy, and, and what a great day that was. Cold, but a great day. Thank you for including me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. You've done a, a great job every year for us, and uh, it gets better every year. And uh, Peter Gagnon, his team, and the guys who are out there, Mike Holmes, mm-hmm. who make it all happen and work closely with the March for Life uh, crew. And it's really a, you know, a combination effort between our news team in D.C. Uh, now and and the EWTN in Birmingham. So it really works out well looks really good uh you know has a tremendous impact obviously not only oh, yeah. in the united states but around the globe and really i think helps to and has over the years inspired others to to do likewise whether we did obviously our walk for life west coast out of san francisco normally and one life la as well uh, that happened uh, basically on saturday uh, the day after yeah, it was funny. I was looking at the cover, all the coverage, you know, catching up when I got home, and I saw the images from San Francisco and, and Los Angeles and saw Archbishop Cordelioni walking down the street with no coat on. <laughs> like, oh, right, I exactly. wish we could do that in D.C. <laughs> no kidding. Well, that's why, you know, uh, I think uh, like March for Life Canada, they do it in May. I know. Uh, because they, you know, because it's, it's so cold. But obviously, uh, Nellie always wanted it to be on that day. And she always wanted it to be on a day when when Congress was in session. Right. Well, I think there's a sense of, and Janet Moran and I have discussed this. There's a sense of um, of real offering it up in purgation for the right. for the whole abortion issue. I think I think we suffer for them for everyone. 
Right. right, yeah. I mean, sometimes you get the snarky uh, things, uh, even from Catholics who uh, are quote unquote uh, pro, sort of pro life, pro choice, whatever. You know, all oh, this is, uh, you know, it's a big celebration, and you know, I mean, that's you know, the Catholic uh, pro life Woodstock kind of thing, and uh, it's always good to remind everybody the sacrifices people make right. getting on buses and traveling through uh, bad weather many times to get there. Uh, you know, being there, uh, you know, we talk about our team out there freezing. Well, so were all of the people who exactly. were marching. Right. Uh, and they weren't doing it uh, as part of their, uh, their, their paid job, so to speak. Not that people do it for that, but these are people who volunteered to take the time to go there and have every year and always overcome the elements because it's important that... Uh, uh, the voices be heard of the unborn and uh, it's always disappointing when you see those kind of things you know where those people are coming from exactly. they're just upset that you're showing up because mm -hmm, you're absolutely. showing them up for what they are right and we did show up big time in terms of numbers it absolutely was great. Yeah, I'm so especially proud considering of the, the 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 temperature out there oh my goodness absolutely yeah. Yeah, and the so covid hangover and what's going on yeah and, Yep. You know, yep. kind of a thing. And unfortunately, uh, uh, unlike some other outdoor events, uh, I'm assuming that uh, the science would have thought that a pro-life event was, was a massive spreader and not something <laughs> that was justified uh, to go, unlike other wonderful uh, outdoor events, which seem right. to get the endorsement of science in some miraculous way. Yeah, exactly. Well, kudos to the crew. They did a great job, and it's always yep. a pleasure working with them. All right, so what's coming up? What's next on the Hip Parade? Well, we've got, uh, you know, a couple of programs having to do with Rwanda. Uh, you know, Ooh. we have the program that we've done with Our Lady Cavejo with Immaculate. Well, this is, uh, we're airing the program today at 5.30, which was her story, basically called Left to Tell, uh, about her own experiences uh, with, uh, you know, dealing with uh, people and her family being murdered as part of that uh, horrible experience mm -hmm. in Rwanda. And then we also have... Uh, later on Sunday and then on Tuesday a couple of programs having to do with Benedict Daswa who was uh, basically a blessed uh, related to uh, the documentary and beatification he was a father who fought against ritualistic killings in his native South Africa so it's kind of an homage to uh, some of our African martyrs and uh, people standing up for the faith and, and the great surge of uh, Catholicism, especially, let alone faith, mm -hmm. in the African continent. And, and tomorrow, we uh, we can go back on to Saturday. We've got a program that we did with uh, Sean Carney called Life Journey with Sean, Sean Carney, of course, uh, from uh, 40 Days for Life. And mm -hmm. people can check that out. At, that'll be on in the afternoon. Mother Angelica got a special edition of one of her live shows on Monday where she talks about the dreams of St. John Bosco. If you haven't heard her talk about it, you really need to tune in. And then, of course, we've got, uh, you know, the uh, Feast of the Presentation of the Lord coming up uh, mm -hmm. on Wednesday uh, from Rome, and people can look for that as well, as well as a new episode of Living Divine Mercy. Of course, we've been doing a regular show now with Father Chris Saylor yep. mm -hmm. on a regular basis out of, uh, out of there. We were just meeting the other day talking about the show. They're getting great feedback and a lot of support, and we're thrilled with the show, and talking about um, what additional things we can do with it and, and really have that be, uh, you know, Stockbridge be seen as that uh, that place, which it is. Uh, and at the same time, the connection with EWTM, because for most of us, um, our first experience, exposure to Divine Mercy in the chaplet was really through EWTN with Father George Kosicki and the sisters mm -hmm. years ago. Yep, 
Yep. Now, I, I spoke at their um, Divine Mercy conference, Divine Mercy, a few weekends, a few years ago uh, before COVID. I think it was 2019. That was my first time there. It is just so beautiful. People need to make an effort. Now, I know they're doing things a little bit differently this year. Right, because There's, of, yeah, because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah, and they're in Stockbridge, and right. uh, it's a heavily, uh, let's put it, uh, masked area of the world. Right, but at the same time, they're still going to have um, some special events, and I think there's right. going to have, um, my, one of my friends, actually, who used to work with me at Channel 7, works with them now, and we just had lunch the other day, and she told me they're doing a, a something by invitation where people can come, but right. they're going to try to limit the crowd. But it, but if people can go there, even on their own and visit, it's so beautiful. Absolutely. It's such a place of peace. Absolutely. It's beautiful. They can go where they can see what they normally see, the the, the, the shrine there, the chapel, the church, the outdoor shrine area, the original outdoor shrine and the, and the one that was built uh, several years ago because the crowds were just massive. Uh, and the times we do it and, and it's been allowed to happen prior to COVID, mm-hmm. you know, the buses coming down. Oh, it was Canada, massive when I was there. Yeah. And thousands mm-hmm. of people there. It's really, really impressive. It was like a big rock concert, a rock concert for Jesus. I mean, they were up, they were on the hill, they were, and it was a rainy, snowy weekend the last time I was there. Like, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. they were sliding same. down the hill. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I mean, same idea, you know, yeah. the idea of uh, the weather not being great usually at, at that time of year up there, and people uh, persevere because it's so important to them. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get back to, to something you mentioned about uh, the importance of covering these major events, whether it be mm-hmm. uh, Divine Mercy Sunday and also the March for Life uh, in D.C. and, of course, in San Francisco, L.A., Ottawa, and how it impacts people. I remember, and you were talking about um, uh, Immaculate and the programming that you go into right. regarding Rwanda. She told me a long time ago, she said that the Catholic media is so important to put out the, the, the true, the beautiful, and the good, because she said it was the media in Rwanda that took to the airways and constantly were talking about uh, taking down the tall trees, referring to the Tutsi minority group in right. Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she said that had a lot to do with leading to people to just lose their minds and, and listen to what these radio you know commentators were saying. So Absolutely. You know, media do impact, and that's why we need uh, all of what we do here at EWTN. Thanks, Doug. Have a great weekend, and uh, thank God you're not up in New York. Pray for those folks who are going to get clobbered with the weather, but we'll uh, keep everyone warm and focused on Jesus. We'll be right back with our Fact Check Friday coming up on a Friday morning, the Feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Dave Palmer with a reminder to download the Guadalupe Radio Network app on your smartphone. It's very simple to do, and once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to a crystal clear signal of this station, KTH 910 AM, 24 hours a day, anywhere you are. If you have any questions about our app or need help setting it up on your phone, contact me through email, davepalmer at grnonline.com. KTH 910 AM welcomes Emerson on Harvest Hill as a new sponsor. It's a senior living community in North Dallas near St. Rita Parish. Amenities include chef-prepared meals each day, transportation, social and educational events and activities, 24-hour security, and the participation in the sacraments. To learn more about Emerson on Harvest Hill or to arrange a tour and visit, you can contact Karen Ray via email at kray at emersonharvesthill.com or you can visit their website, emersononharvesthill.com. 
St. Bernard of Clairvaux Catholic Church in Dallas is hosting Purified, a life-changing event for families. The event takes place on Sunday, February 6th at 4.30 p.m. at the parish. Purified brings parents and teens ages 13 and up together to discover God's plan for love and opens up an opportunity for them to continue the discussion about this important topic at home. The evening includes a new version of Jason Everett's renowned talk, Love or Lust. The night includes Eucharistic adoration, praise and worship, and confession. To register, visit chastity.com. Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and sponsor of GRN. I've been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. minutes past the hour. It's a Friday morning, the Feast of St. Thomas Aquinas, a great Dominican doctor of the church, an incredible teacher of the faith, January 28, 2022. I try to do this segment as often as possible, sometimes, and even uh, most recently, it's been pretty difficult because of all the breaking news and the big stories and I want to dive into more deeply. Uh, I always try to do interviews to keep you updated, but um, I wanted to bring it back today because of the World Communications Day statement that came out on Monday, which we talked about earlier. I'll tie that in as well. But also, this meeting that uh, took place in Rome today with the Holy Father, and Doug and I were talking about this, and with uh, Catholic media. Uh, the Pope met with members of the International Catholic Media Consortium. And what I think is so important about the discussion that, that took place and the developments, and we'll have more on this. I know several people from my archdiocese, uh, from the communications department, who are actually there. But as they're talking about being truthful, but also being respectful, and I think it's so crucial right now for us all to kind of um, take a breath and step back and see how we've all been engaging in discussions, especially as it pertains to not only politics in general, but also to the issues surrounding the vaccines and overall COVID-19, masks, no masks, vaccine, no, ma no vaccine. Uh, we're seeing a lot of division that this is causing, and much of it comes from misinformation and sensationalism, not only on the part of the secular media, but certain so-called um, Catholic outlets as well. So let me just go back to the story that we had. I don't know if Andrew can pull it up um, by Devin Watkins, but if not, I've got the uh, the translation here. As misinformation continues to swirl regarding the COVID-19 pandemic, the Holy Father is calling on journalists, especially Catholic media professionals, to verify the facts they report while adopting a respectful attitude toward those who produce and consume fake news. Meeting with members of the International Catholic Media Consortium on Friday, the Pope reflected on the theme of communications and truth. The consortium is set up by actually a fact-checking agency website in early 2021. Pope Francis supporting the organization's goal of seeking to unmask fake news and partial or misleading information, especially about COVID-19 vaccines and the ethical questions related to them. The group includes a scientific committee that draws upon the work of experts in various fields, including theology and bioethics. The Pope noted that people are increasingly influenced by mass media and that reporters must therefore employ a rigorous method. Now here's a beautiful statement from Pope St. Paul VI's 1972 message for World Communications Day. And if you heard the interview I did with Al Cresta on, I believe it was Tuesday, World Communications Day statements have been coming out since Vatican II. And the most recent Communications Day statement from the Pope 
is entitled Listening with the Ear of the Heart. So this is all interconnected and building on uh, previous statements on the Pope's statement last year regarding um, you know, being able to seek the reality of the situation. So here's this beautiful quote from Pope Paul VI, St. Pope Paul VI. Again, this is from his 1972 message for World Communications Day. Communicators must observe facts carefully, check their accuracy, make a critical evaluation of the sources of their information, and finally pass on their findings. The burden of responsibility is all the greater when, as often happens, the reporter is called upon not only to give the simple facts of a case, but also to explain its implications by providing commentary and the elements needed for a fair assessment. Now, this is extremely interesting that this statement was made in 1972. And you look at what's happened in sense of the media explosion over the last 50 years or so, right? In terms of much of what we see out there in the media is nothing more than commentary. And so how do you, first of all, discern what's fact and what's opinion, what's commentary? That's a lesson that we all have to constantly go through and remind ourselves of. But I think it's really important for us to always, and I think the readings alluded to this over the weekend at uh, Mass on Sunday when we were celebrating universally in the church uh, on the Word of God, talking about loving one another, and even the readings this weekend for the Mass in terms of expressing with love, and Jesus talking about in the Gospel for this weekend, uh, a prophet in his hometown, right, not respected, and then we see the readings talking about where St. Paul's talking about always really enter into communication with people with love. And sometimes that means being firm, being strong now, in terms of your delivery. It doesn't mean that you, that you uh, can't be strong with someone. Firm, but again, respectful. I also think we have to do what I call a media reality check. So how much of this are we consuming? When I put out a press release on Monday, um, we put out a statistic and this is probably low-balling, and I think the statistic we use is, is a couple of years old. It's one of the latest, but um, I would probably venture to say it's even higher than that. But adults are consuming about 11 hours of noise in their lives, of media in their lives, 11 hours per day. Think about that. And so what are we taking in, and how does that make us view the world? Matthew Kelly says, the way we see the world is the way we live our lives. So if you are seeing the world through a particular set of lenses... For example, if you're seeing the world because of maybe what you are consuming on some so-called Catholic websites that are very sensational, divisive, attacking in terms of always saying negative things about church leaders, then you tend to, and I know this by the way people respond in terms of their tone, it's the same on those websites. How does it make you feel in terms of the world? There's always problems. Everything is negative. Everybody's out to get us. There's no peace. Uh, the, the church is, is you know, going to heck in a handbasket. Versus other websites that are looking at the reality of the situation, issues in the church, but are doing it in a, in a calm and respectful way. And I think one of the most divisive issues of our day has been this issue of COVID-19, the vaccines, and many of you may uh, disagree with what the Pope has said on this, and, and that's fine. This is not a matter of something he's teaching from the chair, so this is not dogma. We are free to make up our own minds. The church says that the vaccine is not mandatory, and yes, the church has been very pro-vaccine, that's obvious. But if you look at the document that came out from the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, the church is clear that we shouldn't be forcing people to take this vaccine, that you have your own conscience, you come to your conclusions, you pray about it, you speak with your doctors, and this is what we have been saying here 
on Catholic Connection, on Crest in the Afternoon, on our programs. This is your decision that you make. It's a very private decision. It's a very personal decision. And it's something you make based on what you've read. But I always encourage you to go to solid sources. Not sensational sources that are attacking people left and right, uh, insulting church leaders continuously. Catholic solid sources, such as, of course, I just mentioned, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, National Catholic Bioethics Center, Father Tad Baholchik's website, is chock full of great information as to what the church says, what they found about the vaccines, also information on mandates. If someone wants to go for a religious exemption, they have tons of information on there. But to do it respectfully, because if you're constantly attacking one another, you're going to be you're not going to be in a state of peace. And this is what the devil wants. The devil wants to divide. We can disagree with one another on this. This is a prudential matter. But to attack people and to promote those kinds of attacks by calling yourself a so-called Catholic outlet is not helping matters. It's making a situation worse. And that's no better than the fear porn. It's another form of fear porn that the secular media do on a regular basis. That's their business model, fear. I lived it, I know. We had consultants coming in on a regular basis telling us there are particular times, types of stories that we had to use in what they call the first bag of the news because it would get the most attention. That's why the saying, if it bleeds, it leads, is very true. And those who call themselves Catholics and are doing that need to take a real good look at themselves and how they're causing more division as opposed to bringing people together. Yes, we can disagree, but we do it respectfully, as the Pope said, and with love. We'll be right back. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. Hi, this is Bob Dwayne with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norma, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. Mark your calendar. The 17th Annual Knights of Columbus Council Number 4771 Wild Game Dinner will be held at the Knights of Columbus Hall on 1700 Rainy Road in Denton on Saturday, January 29th. Join them for an evening of fun and good food. The social will begin at 5.30 p.m. with dinner following. Contact Gene Hartman for ticket prices or for more information at 940 453 
Hello, my name is Bob Parra, owner of Parra Car Care. We're proud sponsors of KATH 910 AM. Parra Car Care is devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the U.S. area, 817-685-2222. And for the Northwestern Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at www.parracarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. Dr. Ray Garendi. If I disciplined consistently, I'd be disciplining constantly. If I were consistent in my discipline, that would mean I would discipline more, and I'd be disciplining him often. The exact opposite is the case. More consistent discipline leads to less constant discipline. Why? Because you're predictable. The child knows if he does A, you'll do B. That is why when you are predictable in your authority, you will actually have to use that authority less. Consistent discipline leads to less constant discipline. The more you act when you need to act, the less you will have to act in the future with similar misbehavior. 40 minutes past the hour on a Friday morning, the Feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. Catholic News Agency reporting earlier this week over 90 members of Congress are requesting the Food and Drug Administration oversee non-invasive prenatal testing after a bombshell New York Times investigation showing that the tests are wrong far more often than they are correct. We write to you today because it is our understanding that many of these tests have not been approved by the FDA, and we seek further clarification from the agency on this important matter. That's a direct quote from the letter. Kathy News Agency goes on to say, well, these types of tests have been on the market since 2011, and about one in three pregnant women take non-invasive prenatal testing during their pregnancies. The tests have largely escaped FDA regulatory review, not to mention the rate of them being incorrect is, is through the roof. Here to talk about that and the connection to possible increased abortions is our dear sister, Janet Miranda, from Defending Life, from Priester Life, from The Catholic View, and from Silent No More. You know, Janet, um, I have to give credit where credit is due. I'm not a huge fan of the New York Times for obvious reasons, but I have to say this was one heck of an investigative report. I did read the entire thing. Your thoughts. Good morning. Yeah, well, you know, it's about time a little truth comes yeah, out. Absolutely, but, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The first thing I have to say, and, and it's whether it's these type of genetic testings or even the blood work they send uh, pregnant women for about 16 weeks to see if it's a Down syndrome, is it this, is it that. I mean, all of this testing, if you're not going to terminate your pregnancy, you are pro-life, and there's no way in heck you're going to do that, then why take the testing? The only time it makes sense, Teresa, is for spina bifida. And you know why? Because now there's called fetal surgery, where spina bifida very often can be corrected or just about corrected in utero. So that makes a little sense. But all these other testings uh, don't make sense because what these guys do is if you come back with something, oh, the baby might have this, it might have that, and that's, well, you know, we could do a termination if you want. And do you know how many, like the study is showing how much they're wrong. It's not that those tests are wrong, even the ones about Down syndrome. I can inter- I put it in my book, Recall Abortion, and I can tell you, over the decades, Father Frank and I have gotten, I can't tell you how many letters and emails and pictures of, of, of kids who the parents say, oh, yeah, we were told to abort, terminate, it was going to be Down syndrome. But look, perfectly normal, perfectly fine baby. 
Mm-hmm. Heck, I mean, this is what's going on. It, it, it is going to sell more abortions because they scare these parents. Right, exactly. What, yeah. should, what they should be saying is, listen, what's more traumatic is aborting your child. And what's more dangerous to the mother is an invasive procedure like an abortion, especially in the second and third trimester, because that they start doing this testing in the second trimester, Teresa. So that means it's not a, like a DNC first trimester abortion. No, it's a, a it's pulling the baby apart, okay, and pulling out from from her womb the baby piece by piece, crushing the skull. This is what happens, and the damage that can be done to the woman from a perforated uterus. I, I mean. I can tell you some some of these doctors with those clamps went in. Not only did they perforate the uterus, but they grabbed their colon and started pulling the colon out. I mean, the list goes on and on that this is a real danger to women's health. And, of course, the other side, they're not going to say nothing because they see dollar signs. Oh, yeah, right. we scared the women. Uh, your kid might have this and terminate another abortion I could sell. It's criminal. It's criminal. In terms of uh, other uh, possible conditions, though, that they can learn about in utero, could there be maybe some of these moms uh, aren't abortion-minded but have been pressured by their doctors uh, to, to think that there's something wrong with the baby? Because so they, Could they be doing this because they want to know about maybe there's things if they're going to keep the baby, there's things they can do in terms of their care once they're born? Um, your thoughts on that? Because I, I, I don't think every single woman going for a test necessarily is, is abortion-minded. Right. Well, yes, there are... There are things, you know, well, first of all, you can psychologically prepare yourself, you know, because, you know, every woman when they're pregnant, you're hoping and praying ten fingers, ten toes, the baby is all fine. I mean, I went through this, uh, you know, with with my kids. You know, you're praying like heck. Oh, please, Lord, let the baby be fine, you know. So I guess, first of all, psychologically, you can prepare yourself that my child might be challenged, uh, and I have to prepare myself for that. Um, Yes, but... You know, again, they're wrong so many, so much of the time, Teresa, that you're you're also heaping all this angst onto people. I mean, I I actually interviewed women who were told the baby was going to have Down syndrome, and of course they wouldn't abort. But then when the baby was born perfectly fine, it was like such a relief. They went through a couple of months of of mentally saying, "Oh, I'm going to have a Down syndrome baby." So now, you know, now you're on the internet, as you know, and you can look up everything, and you're reading mm-hmm. all this stuff, and you're driving yourself nuts. You know, when I think back, you know, when I had my, my, my first daughter, uh, Jennifer, I didn't know if it was a girl or a boy till it came out. That was kind of nice. <laughs> you know, I mean, all this knowing ahead of time has also created a certain atmosphere. You know, I mean, we have gender reveal parties now, right? Because we know we got to find out, is it a girl or is it a boy? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes too much information is not good. But I think the bigger problem here is that the FDA should be controlling all these tests, they should have to pass some sort of scrutiny. Right. And for the New York Times to say 85% of them are wrong, like, that should be selling, like, shockwaves to Exactly. And to the medical community. Like, holy mackerel, why are we recommending tests that are 85% wrong? <laughs> I mean, Right, because here's, here's a quote here. I want to read this to you. Companies that market and sell these products continue to see their profits grow and more products enter the market. This is according to a Pew Trust report from January of 2021. More than 40 non-invasive prenatal tests are now available on the market. This is uh, They're taking that from the letter from Congress. Unfortunately, many of the test manufacturers do not publish information on the 
accuracy and other points to less than satisfactory studies to support their products. So, so what's going on here? Where are the doctors? Why aren't the doctors speaking up? And, when, and, and I'm wondering if the medical community has responded yet to this uh, shocker of an investigative report. Well, you know, you just kind of wonder, where is the AMA? Like, silence, you know, crickets, you know. Um, I don't know, unless, you know, they're in kind of in bed with those pharmaceutical companies, which a lot of doctors are, as you know. They come around, give them all these free samples, convince them this is the latest drug to use, or this is a great genetic test to recommend. You know, you never know what goes on with all this stuff. You know, these salesmen are really great from these drug companies, you know. Um, but I think Congress has to step in because, you know, <clears throat> I don't even trust the FDA to be 100% honest, Teresa, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of liberals. It's kind of like when we had President Trump, he kind of reined them in with executive order, right, by saying, no, you cannot mail RU-46, no, you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, you know, now that we have the Biden administration, the, the floodgates are open. You know, send RU-46 through the mail. You don't even know the woman's medical history. It's okay. You, you don't know how, how, how far along she is. You don't how know the, how many weeks gestation, right. nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. So, you know, a lot of these very liberal or bad scientists are already entrenched in the FDA. So I think this is a case where I think Congress almost has to step in and pass some kind of regulations. Uh, Congress has to do that uh, because it depends on who's in the White House that can control the FDA, you know, with executive orders, reining them in or giving them more uh, liberal uh, latitude here like the Biden administration has done. So, uh I just hope a lot of people read this report from the New York Times and stop taking these these tests. I mean, why would you want to take like okay, here's an example, Teresa. There's pregnancy tests there, you know, on the at the at CVS or, or Walgreens, right? Mm-hmm. And brand A and brand B. Now brand A has a ninety percent accuracy, but brand B is eighty eighty five percent wrong. Why would you te- why would you take brand B? Right? Mm-hmm. That's what this is like. You are accepting to spend money on a test that they're reporting is 85% wrong. Why would you right. even want to do that? How right. could you trust the test, the results? It doesn't make sense. Not to the average, you know, intelligent mind. If you follow the, the logic, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. Unless there's, there's uh, you know, these doctors are also pressuring women to have abortions, as the CNA report talks about. We're talking with Janet Morana from Priest or Life, Defending Life on EW10, and, of course, A Catholic View for Women, which airs every Sunday evening. Uh, here's another quote from the letter. While these tests, and the letter from Congress said that was sent to the FDA, while these tests can help parents prepare for the arrival of their child, we are concerned that they could be a predatory financial windfall for manufacturers and directly result in the termination of innocent human life the tests again found uh, positive results are wrong this is just unbelievable as you mentioned earlier janet 85 percent of the time many women are then pressured or moved to consider abortion after a test come back comes back positive wow yeah i mean like i said some of the ultrasound and the blood work they do can be beneficial because there's a whole branch of medicine called fetology and fetal surgery where they can correct a lot of conditions now in the unborn child as, as, a, as a patient. But the other thing that's bad is this search and destroy mission, you know, where, right. uh-oh, this, something might be wrong with the baby, you better terminate, you better terminate. And there's no conversation about that termination, that pregnancy. What is that done to the woman? Her physical risks, her psychological risks, I mean, you're putting all the burden on her now that she now feels responsible for the death of her child. 
I but mean, that's the case across the board, and it's supposed to be all about women's health, but the, everything is put on the woman. The man gets to walk away, even though many men don't want to. They want to be involved. But they talk about you know mm-hmm. choice, 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 and freedom, and how many women are, are put in this situation. This is the best we can do. Prenatal testing, only correct about 15% of the time, wrong 85% of the time, leaving the decision up to the woman, leaving her alone, putting her, pinning her against her unborn child. This is feminism in the secular world in 2022. Gee, thanks. We've come so far. We've come a long way, baby, as an old Virginia Slim cigarette commercial used to say, right? That's right. Well, you know, the other thing, Teresa, no matter how bad a diagnosis is for an unborn child, and, you know, there's quite a few of them, as you know, the baby may may die in utero or may only live moments after birth. But you need to talk to, which I have done, women who've gone through these circumstances and carry that baby to term, they said it was so beautiful to have even those few precious moments to hold that child, Mm -hmm. have a clergy person there to baptize the child, allow the family members in to hold the child, even if it's just for a few moments. That's the way to deal with a a, a bad diagnosis of, of an unborn child is to give that child the dignity and the family to have proper closure. Not have that baby ripped apart limb from limb out of the mother's uterus and, and then risk damage to that woman. This is the proper way. Um, and I've seen it time and time again. Um, you know, there's so many families, uh, that have come to us to say, please help us. I mean, the doctors pressure, pressure, pressure. I can tell you about a story. Uh, the Smith family, Andrew used to work for us. Him and his wife, Jacqueline, live in Texas and they had a trisomy 18 baby and when the diagnosis came in and the ultrasound and they're all in the thing that of course the doctors right away say well you know we can we could take care of this <laughs> and Jacqueline set up and Andrew walked in and they, and they said excuse me but we don't kill our baby mm-hmm. just like that blunt to the doctor and said we will not have any more discussion like this that's it this is our baby and the baby you know lived for a very short time the whole family was there Teresa it was mm-hmm. beautiful didn't we Actually, feature them on Catholic view for it. women didn't we feature them on the Catholic view for women I think yes we did and I yeah. wrote an article that was in the National Catholic Register to show people when you do it the God's way the right way you have proper closure they, they were able to have a beautiful Catholic funeral for this baby buried the baby the children still go on the you know, on the baby's anniversary of its death and they put, bring flowers and, and they they plant fresh flowers it's beautiful they accepted this child as part of their family you know but the this terminating these pregnancies uh, because there's something wrong is so damaging, yeah. so damaging for, for the mother, but to the entire family. Right, it's and then when you think of how, how how you said the medical community, unfortunately, is so abortion-minded, the connection, as the letter says, between these uh, faulty prenatal tests and pressure to abort is very high. I just want to close with this quote. Some parents might use this information to help prepare for the arrival of the child, but the letter says, we know others are pressured by the medical system and our pro-abortion culture to abort a human life based on dubious information. These prenatal tests wrong 85% of the time. Think about this, read about it, and pass it on. Janet, thanks so much. Janet Miranda from EWTN's Catholic View for Women and Defending Life and also, of course, Priest of Life and Silent No More. Wrapping up a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection when we come back. Stay tuned. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. 
you may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. You wish you could have discussions about difficult topics with your adult children? If so, don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And our new book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, can help you draw closer to your adult children and help guide them on the path to more faithful and meaningful lives. You can get our latest book and all of our other books on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. That's AveMariaRadio.net. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Be safe out there, especially if you're on the East Coast. We've got that big nor'easter coming in. Leaving you with a few quotes of our saint for the day, St. Thomas Aquinas, reflecting on what I said earlier regarding fear. Fear is such a powerful emotion for humans. When we allow it to take us over, it drives compassion right out of our hearts. We'll talk to you on a Monday. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Your 24-hour-a-day source of Catholic inspiration. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. You're driving a midnight black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st and you must be 18 or older to participate. 
KATH 910AM welcomes Emerson on Harvest Hill as a new sponsor. It's a senior living community in North Dallas near St. Rita Parish. Amenities include chef-prepared meals each day, transportation, social and educational events and activities, 24-hour security, as well as participation in the sacraments. To learn more about Emerson on Harvest Hill or to arrange a tour and visit, you can contact Karen Ray via email at kray at emersonharvesthill.com or you can visit their website, emersononharvesthill.com. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 